On today's episode, the Blackhawks' losing streak continues on following a 5-2 loss to the Los Angeles Kings last night as they've now dropped eight consecutive games and still don't have a win here in the month of April. This season literally can't come to an end soon enough. On the bright side, though, Blackhawks fans, Top prospect Lucas Reichel flashed some of his potential last night and continues to put together solid outings. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Wednesday, April 13th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman2, or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode and you like what you're hearing, then please go and show some support first by following the podcast. It'll literally only take a quick couple of seconds. A quick click of that button will help me out tremendously. Go and click that button for me. I greatly appreciate it. Also, go and leave the show five stars if you like what you're hearing today as well. I greatly appreciate hearing feedback from all of you listeners out there. And you can also go and leave me a review. And best of all, it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. It's all 100% for free. And if you go and follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And if you're not already watching the video version of today's episode, then you got to be sure to go and check out Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube because you haven't gotten the memo already, folks. Each and every episode from here on out is going to have a video version attached to it as well. So if you haven't done so yet, please. Go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. I recently just got over the 100 follower threshold. I'm really trying to keep boosting those numbers up. Go and smash the like button for me as well. Drop a comment down below to let me know your favorite Pat Foley moment and call of all time. We're down to just one game left with Pat and Eddie in the broadcast booth. So go comment down below. What is your favorite Pat Foley call of all time and what's the one that's going to stick out in your memory amongst all others and also be sure to go and turn on those push notifications as well so you can be notified when the episode is uploaded to YouTube each and every day all right good morning everyone as always thank you for tuning in to another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks and for making the show your first listen here to start off your day, another game and another loss for the Chicago Blackhawks last night, falling 5-2 to two to the Los Angeles Kings at the United Center. And I talked about on the show yesterday, I, I talked about how the Hawks needed to be aware of the Kings in this meeting because this was one in which they desperately needed to come away with two points because they're in the middle of a tough playoff battle right now. They're currently, I believe, two points. Uh, ahead of the final playoff spot. They're battling with the Vegas Golden Knights, the Winnipeg Jets, the Dallas Stars, among a couple of other teams. It's an absolute dogfight right now out in the Western Conference. And coming into this one last night, the Kings had lost three consecutive games. So it was clear this was one they really needed 
And I said on the show yesterday, the Hawks needed to be ready for that kind of desperation out of the Kings, but they didn't even come close to matching LA's effort level in that game last night. And right out of the gate, it was really concerning. I mean, the opening 20 minutes were, were terrible by the Blackhawks, not only falling behind two to nothing, but they just got absolutely throttled and really didn't play with the puck all period long. They got outshot 14 to four at even strength. They only had four shots on goal at even strength through the opening 20 minutes. They really didn't generate any high quality scoring looks. And they basically just let the Kings uh, walk all over them in that first period and, and really take control of the game by jumping ahead two to nothing. And then in the second period, the Hawks finally started to pick it up a little bit and started to show some signs of life uh, as the period went on. Taylor Radish eventually went on to score his third goal since being acquired by the Blackhawks to cut the deficit to just one. The score was two to one right near the midway point of the second period. And, you know, in, a, in, a, in hockey, weird things happen, right? The Blackhawks after how they played in the opening 20 minutes, they didn't deserve to be in that game. But hockey's a weird sport, and they managed to get one back despite playing horrendously. They only find themselves down a goal. Some momentum could finally be generating on their side. But you know what happened 33 seconds after that goal from Radish? The Kings come back down the other way and add a goal themselves and regain control of this one and grab their two-goal two lead back just like that. And I've talked about this on the show plenty of times throughout the year. And even the NBC Sports Chicago crew spoke about this during the second intermission as well, which I was, uh, which I liked to see. But too many times this, this season, we've seen the Blackhawks, after scoring a goal of their own, they immediately aren't, aren't ready to play after that. And they give up a goal to their opposition right back. It happens all the time after the Blackhawks score a goal. And also uh, in the opening period, in the final minute of a period, I kind of call those momentum moments. There have just been so many times this year in those instances where the Blackhawks have just had unacceptable blunders. And last night against Los Angeles, it really killed them because like I said, despite getting outplayed in the opening 20 minutes, they were down only a goal right there at the midway point of the game and had a chance to kind of get some energy back on their side. But when you give up a goal 33 seconds later to a very sound defensive team like LA and fall behind by two, that was really all she wrote right then and there for the Blackhawks. Uh, so that was definitely disappointing to see. And I mean, when you give up those types of plays so consistently, you know, when you don't win those momentum moments and you're not able to capitalize off of your opportunities, that's the sign of a bad team, and the Blackhawks have been guilty of this far too many times throughout the course of the season. It's no surprise why they're one of the worst teams in the entire NHL. They constantly put themselves in, in positions to fail, and as I said, after getting within a goal last night in the second period, even though they played horrible in the opening 20 minutes, they were right there, but then gave it right back to the Kings just 33 seconds after Taylor Radish found the back of the net. In the third period, the Kings went on to add another goal to jump up four to one. Uh, kind of a, a tough one to go in the back of the Hawks net. They had two goals actually bank in off of defenders last night, both of which came off of uh, one of the Jones brothers. The second goal of the game for LA bounced in off Caleb Jones. And then the fourth goal uh, changed direction a couple of times and ended up banking in off of Seth. Kind of ironic how on Sunday against Dallas, 
one of the only reasons the Blackhawks had life in that game was because Asa Lindell put two goals into the back of his own net. And now the Hawks, the next game, are guilty of doing the same. It just didn't come from the same player. It happened to come from uh, the Jones brothers. But, um, I, I mean, it, it was basically over, like I said, in the second period. Patrick Kane did go on to uh, add a goal late in the third period to make things interesting. Both Taylor Radish and Philip Kershev netted their second points of the game on that one. But not too long after, the Kings went on to add the empty netter, and just like that, that's now eight consecutive losses for the Chicago Blackhawks. They still remain winless here in the month of April. They don't have a win since all the way back on March 24th, which was the first time that they took on the Los Angeles Kings out in L.A., and they're still without a win during this current five-game homestand. They've dropped the first four, and that homestand is going to come to an end on Thursday when the Hawks take on the San Jose Sharks. All right, there are some quick thoughts on the Blackhawks with yet another disheartening performance and a 5-2 to two loss to the Kings. Coming up in just a moment, I will get into a couple other takeaways that I had from the game, plus Pat Foley providing the only real entertainment last night. But first, I need to talk to you all about HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you can get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh offers the flexibility that you need to easily customize your order online or through the app. Easily change your delivery day your food preference, and even your plan size. And warm yourself up from the inside out with limited time recipes like beef tenderloin and cheese fondue, which I actually got to try not too long ago. It tastes unbelievable, as well as the miso sesame shrimp and bacon ramen, which I know all you ramen out there, ramen lovers out there would like as well. You definitely need to try it. Uh, and for a limited time offer, you can go to HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16 right now. And if you use the promo code LockedOn16, you can get up to 16 meals for free and also three free gifts. You heard that right, folks. You just got to go to HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16. Use the promo code LockedOn16 and you can get up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Moving on into segment two today, I also had a quick, uh, I also wanted to share a couple of other quick takeaways that I had from last night's game as well. First, I wanted to talk about some of the lineup decisions that head coach Derek King made last night. Healthy scratches for this one uh, for the forward group was Henrik Borgstrom, Tyler Johnson, and Dominic Kubalik, as expected. But on the back end, Eric Gustafson wound up getting healthy scratched, and so did Calvin DeHaan. Those two wound up being the odd men out. And when I saw Calvin DeHaan was scratched, I was a little bit surprised at first. Not that he's been all that good here as of late. It's been a struggle for him kind of all season long, like it's been for a lot of Blackhawks defensemen. But when I saw that DeHaan was going to be scratched last night during the morning skate, I was like, well, I'm not so sure he deserves that more than Jake McCabe does. And I actually have talked on the show the last two days about how I was curious whether or not Derek King had the cojones to scratch a veteran like Jake McCabe down the stretch of the season. So I was a little surprised to see that DeHaan got selected to be scratched over Jake McCabe. But then 
Uh, once Derek King talked to the media, he kind of spoke about how DeHaan's blocked a lot of shots recently. He's been banged up. I believe he's, I know he's at least in the top five block shots in the entire NHL this season. He could even be number one. I mean, he's been a machine in that department for the Blackhawks this year. Uh, but because of, you know, several bumps and bruises, plus this being a meaningless stretch down the season. Wow, I don't know if you guys heard that thunder outside, but that was roaring. Probably like uh, Calvin DeHaan's joints are roaring from blocking all those shots this season. Um, but that's that's why Calvin ended up getting the night off last night. It was kind of a rest and recovery day for him, not so much uh, in terms of his play. So that made a whole lot more sense as to why DeHaan wound up being the healthy scratch. But in the lineup last night for Eric Gustafson and Calvin DeHaan, uh, Caleb Jones hopped back into the lineup as expected. Derek King said that to the media on Monday that Jonesy was going to be back in there. But Alec Regula also made his return to the lineup. He was kind of surprisingly recalled from the Ice Hogs uh, yesterday morning. And Regula didn't end up having a good game last night. It, it was a struggle for him. He took two penalties. He also kind of got caught in no man's land on the Kings opening goal of the game. But I love seeing Derek King in the Blackhawks front office, giving him opportunities to gain experience and kind of further his development at the highest level. And one thing in particular, I mean, that that's what the season is about at this point, right? It's about Derek King, not so much playing to the veterans anymore, or to the core pieces that we know are actually going to be here. You know, the Alex DeBrinkets or the Patrick Kane's, even though his future is kind of in question, we know what type of player Patrick Kane is. The Seth Joneses, we know that those guys are, well, Kane hopefully will be around, but we know those are the players who we don't really need to see anything more out of at this point, right? So I, I like to see one instance, Alec Regula getting minutes with the top power play unit. I thought that was fantastic because we know Seth Jones is going to be in that position for years to come. He's going to be manning the point on the power play for years to come in a Blackhawk sweater. But with the season being a lost cause, like why not give a guy like Regula, who I actually think has more offensive upside than a lot of people give him credit for, but why not give a guy like Regula opportunities to kind of gain that experience and play valuable ice time, like with the top power play, you know, that's what I love to see. Um, so credit to Derek King for giving Regula that opportunity and also credit to the Blackhawks front office for recognizing that Rockford doesn't play again until Friday afternoon. So uh, that kind of gave them an opportunity to call up a defenseman like Regula to get in there for uh, a game or two before the Ice Hogs return to action later this week. Also, a couple of main guys that I wanted to talk about from last night's game, all of them are young players who are likely going to be around throughout this rebuilding process, which is one of the very few positive takeaways from this game. But the first player I want to talk about was Taylor Radish, who I thought might have been the best Blackhawk on the ice last night. Uh, not only picking up his second multi-point game since being acquired by the Blackhawks, um, but I, I thought he was just one of the few forwards who remained aggressive throughout the course of this game. One of the few forwards who was actively trying to put the puck on the pucks on net. Uh, he was doing the right things last night. Just sadly, a, a lot of his teammates didn't have the, quite the same effort. Um, but a, a two-point performance from Radish last night, and he also led the Blackhawks with eight hits in just over 13 minutes of ice time. So both with and without the puck, I thought Radish had a really solid game last night. And 
like I said, was one of the few players who I thought brought their A game. And the second guy I want to talk about is Philip Kurashev, who recently has been making the most out of these top six opportunities as of late. And again, that's what these final final nine games are, are going to be about or should be about at least. You know, there's no point in continuing to roll with DeBrinket. Strowman King. Like we know what that top line can do. They've been on fire for months now. So give a guy like Philip Kurashev, who's still very young, give him an opportunity to have success. Uh, because it's been it's been just such a tough year for Kurashev, right? And he talked about this himself, how he's mostly played top six minutes throughout his career up to this point. This season, he's kind of been jumbled all around the lineup. He's played, you know. With the first line from time to time, he's also played with the fourth line from time to time. He's played alongside Grinders. He's been playing alongside Patrick Kane. He's just been kind of all over the place and hasn't found himself in kind of a comfortable role that he's been stuck in for more than one or two games, really. So it's really nice to see that, A, Derek King is giving his young players an opportunity to have success and kind of further prove themselves at the NHL level, um, and to also understand the circumstances that they're in, right? Because this is what it's really all about. And for Kershev, I mean, he's been making the most of it. Like I said, uh, last night he picked up his second multi-point outing of the season. His last one came all the way back on February 17th versus the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, And with those two points last night, Kershev now has five points in his last seven games. And Really, on both the goals the Hawks scored last night, he made a big impact. He had that nice primary assist to find Taylor Radish out front in the first period, uh, in the second period, excuse me. And then in the third, even though it was garbage time, he made a heck of a play uh, and heck of a job to recognize that he needed to kick the puck over to Taylor Radish to make that play happen. Radish ends up going backdoor to Kaner. So two really... I know the second one wasn't a primary assist, but that play wouldn't have happened without that kick from Philip Kurashev. So uh, great to see him be just a whole lot more effective here recently than he's been kind of all season long. It's been a struggle for Kurashev, no other way about it. But one thing to remember is this kid is both a former fourth round pick only back in 2018, and he's still only 22 years old. Like he's really just kind of, getting over the hump at the NHL level. And honestly, I don't even know if he should have been up at the NHL last year. He just broke the 100-game threshold recently. So um, he's really just starting to piece it all together and still is very young. And, you know, for a fourth-round pick that was taken in the 2018 draft, I think most folks would be happy that he even reached the NHL level. So I just hope all you Blackhawks fans out there keep kind of being patient with Philip Kurashev because, like I said, still very young in terms of his development and his overall game. And I feel like he has a lot of the skills to be successful at the NHL level. Like he's got a good offensive game. He's got great speed, which I think is probably his number one asset. Uh, The passing, (laughs) it's kind of a work in progress. It's definitely not great to say the least, Uh, but hopefully, you know, with time and more experience and reps, He'll be able to develop uh, to further develop some of those playmaking skills and can be, you know, a solid middle six or third line player for the Blackhawks sometime down the road. The other guy who I thought really stood out for the Blackhawks last night 
was top prospect Lucas Reichel, but I'm actually going to save that for the third and final segment on the show here today in just a minute. The last little thing I wanted to mention from last night was Pat Foley's call of the game. Uh, Of course, that's now down to only one game left in the Blackhawks broadcast booth that's going to come on Thursday against the San Jose Sharks. But last night, you know, I loved hearing Pat and Eddie just kind of go back and forth sharing stories with one another throughout the years. And they really uh, didn't pay all that much attention to the game, which I'm sure no one really minded. Um, But it was just, it was hilarious when Pat called the Blackhawks out there at the end of the second period saying, you know, is anyone going to start playing anytime soon? I mean, that's just kind of Pat Foley in a nutshell, right? Like that's a vintage Pat Foley moment right there. Uh, telling it how it is and, you know, speaking his mind. And I think those are kind of the things that us Blackhawks fans, those are the reasons why us Blackhawks fans have fallen in love with Pat Foley over the years. You know, so blunt, uh, so honest, just calling the game the way that he sees it. And, you know, I think that's, you know, why people appreciate Pat and why people trust him to call games because he's going to tell it like it is. So uh, obviously, Pat's going to be missed moving forward. He's down to just one final game. And listen, if you're sick of the Blackhawks and you don't want to watch this team anymore this season, I understand. But at least tune into Thursday's game against San Jose to hear Pat and Eddie in the broadcast booth for one last hurrah. All right, there are some thoughts that I had from the game last night against the Kings. Coming up in just a moment, I will get into top prospect Lucas Reichel having another tremendous performance despite not finding the score sheet once again. But first, I need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. And I know we're getting into April. We are in April. We're in the middle of April now. And I know at this point, it's very hard to stick to that resolution. But if yours is or was about getting fit or even eating healthier, then you got to be sure to include Built Bar in your plan because right now you can get the best of both worlds with Built Bar, delicious and healthy. And have you tried Built Bar Puffs yet? Because if not, then you're seriously missing out on one of the best tasting Built Bars and protein bars on the market. And listen to these incredible flavors. You got cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, cookies and cream. I mean, these are real protein bar flavors, all of which are 200 calories or less and have at least 17 grams of protein. And either way that you choose, either flavor that you want, Built Bar is going to make it easier to stick to your resolution because they taste so good, you're going to actually want to eat them. Unlike some other protein bars, which can be chalky, waxy, dry, or even just taste like a chemical spill. And even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is also good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. And for a limited time offer, go to BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com with the exclusive promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next Built Bar order. Welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Getting into segment three now today before I wrap things up. I also had to be sure to talk about the game that Blackhawks top prospect Lucas Reichel 
had last night. Reichel had literally three A-plus opportunities. Uh, and I thought, you know, like I said, was one of the Blackhawks players overall last night. But Puck just doesn't seem to want to go into the net for this poor kid. It was a very similar game to the one that he had on Sunday versus Dallas, where uh, he actually led the Blackhawks. Let me make sure I have this right. One of my good buddies, shout out Will McClory, uh, always tweets out graphs from the Blackhawks. And they're, I believe it was expected goals for, but I'm going to double check real quick because I don't want to be wrong. Yes, the Black the Blackhawks ex- on ice expected goal differential. Lucas Reichel on Sunday was the top of that chart among any player in the lineup. I don't think my buddy Big Will has tweeted out this graph from last night's game either, but if I had to guess, I'm going to imagine Lucas Reichel is for sure in the top two or three at the very least. He might even be on top once again. He's just had so many quality looks to net that first NHL goal and first NHL point. It just, you know, for whatever reasons, the end result just hasn't been there yet for Reichel. But man, does it feel like it's coming one of these games now? And when it does, once he finally gets over that barrier, I feel like a lot of us feel like they're probably going to start coming in bunches because, I mean, Reichel's doing everything he needs to except putting the puck in the back of the net. Like, he's doing all the little things well. He's driving to the net with speed. He's recognizing the open areas on the ice. He's giving himself plenty of opportunities. He's using his speed to his advantage. The puck just isn't cooperating with him at this point. But if he keeps doing that, if he keeps that up, it's only going to be a matter of time. And it might not come this season, which I know some Blackhawks fans are are, uh, not very patient. They want to see it right now. I understand that. Um, But one thing to... One thing to keep in mind is that Reichel has now played uh, eight NHL games on the year, and if he reaches 10, that's going to burn off the first year of his entry-level contract. Now, that might not be all that significant, considering the position that the Blackhawks are in, right? Like, they're probably not going to be up against the salary cap these next few years, so re-signing Reichel a year early probably isn't going to be all that, it's not going to hurt the front office or or hurt the organization moving forward, right? And we've even heard Kyle Davidson himself say, that's really not a big issue for the team at this point, but it just is something to consider over uh, the final few weeks of the regular season here. But even if it doesn't happen this year, I think a lot of people feel like it's coming. And a lot of people I feel like are, are super excited and should be excited about the future of this kid, because I really think he has the game have plenty of success here at the NHL level. And don't forget, Lucas Reichel is still only 19 years old. He's going to turn 20 in May, uh, but still very raw in terms of his development in his overall game. So um, that's one thing to keep in mind. I know people might be a little frustrated that he's gone eight games without recording a point yet, but he's still very young. And, you know, it's kind of just a bonus that he's getting in NHL games already this year. Don't forget, This is his first year over in North America as well. Just last season, he was playing in the DEL, which no knock on the DEL, but there are plenty of better leagues over in Europe. So uh, this is a pretty massive leap for Lucas Reichel to make. And based on what, you know, we've all seen, especially in these last two or three games, I feel confident in saying that better days are coming for Lucas Reichel. He's so close to having that breakout. I think we can all feel it. And like I said, once he gets over that barrier and once 
he gets that first one in. I feel like it could be coming in bunches, and uh, I definitely can't wait to see that and definitely can't wait to see what type of player Lucas Reichel is going to be down the road because I think we all feel like he's going to be a very key player during this rebuild that the Blackhawks are currently going through. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Wednesday, April 13th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you all again for tuning into the show and be sure to go and follow and subscribe to Locked On Blackhawks and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to go and check out the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast as hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to check out Lockdown Fantasy Hockey right now, wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's show. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And for any questions at all regarding anything related to the show or to the Blackhawks, feel free to email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can also go and hit me on any one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for checking in to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.